Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. I'm not an artist myself, but maybe I can um, organize them. I mm. can give them a platform where they can uh, perform and I can somehow be part of them even if I'm not an artist you know I can I can give them like a free platform where they can actually express themselves when I saw when I saw Constantine and James like how happy they were when they were playing Mm. it was so nice to see it was just like I don't know it's like when you see a kid having a chocolate and like oh my god Hello and welcome to A Life in Dublin. I'm your host Mark and with your permission we'd love this podcast to be your digital companion for the next little bit at least. Ligia from Italy is the personification of a selfless person. She spends her days working as an intensive care nurse and in her spare time organises events to promote artists from all backgrounds and cultures to raise money for different charities. I won't say much more other than I personally find her an inspiration and that Dublin is without doubt a better place because of her presence here. In this chat, she talks about her life here in Dublin and she also tells us about the cultural events of La Mansarda, which she organises, of which there is the one-year anniversary coming up this July. Check out her Instagram, which you can find a link to in the description of this episode for more info on her upcoming events. Thanks, Emil, for listening, guys. Remember, sharing this podcast with a friend, leaving a rating or review can be so incredibly helpful to us, so we'd really, really appreciate that support if you're willing. But now, here's my chat with Ligia from Italy. Um, I'll save yeah. on your corner. Yeah, anyway, I know you don't like rosé, but cheers. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank I don't you. necessarily like it either, but... It's just that... You know when someone sells something to you? This is actually nice. There you go. Yeah, it's very summery, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'm feeling quite summery at the moment. Or yeah. at least trying to. Yeah, yeah, somewhere outside, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, when somebody uh, sells you something that with such passion... <laughs> and to be honest, charisma. Yeah. I sometimes think, like, yeah, not that you have to buy it, but you get so in, like, enthused and, like, taken away with the thing. And when this guy was talking to me about this wine, he, basically everything he's told me about it, I've forgotten. <laughs> no. But other than the fact that it's from Hungary. Okay. And I, I was like, I've never had a wine from Hungary before. So when he said that, I was like, hmm, okay, why not? Let's try that. Okay. Um, and it's quite nice. Yeah, yeah it's very freshy, fruity. You yes, know. he did mention <laughs> nice a whole color. lot of fruits and he said something about acidity and balance and all of this kind of stuff. And he used his hands when he was speaking. And uh, I was, was like... Is he Italian? <laughs> no, he's an English guy, actually. Okay. Which also his accent, I don't know, just makes makes me believe him even more. Oh. Do you know okay. who, who Jamie Oliver is? Yes, yes, chef. yes, yes. Who so his accent yeah. is, yeah, yeah. is very similar to his accent. Okay. So that means that, I don't know, it's just because... You really trusted this guy straight away. <laughs> yeah, I was like, are you friends with Jamie Oliver? Um, 
Did yeah. he say yes? No, I didn't ask him <laughs> that question. You should have asked. I'd be very surprised. I don't. I, I try not to ask too many. A lot of stupid questions come into my head sometimes. Okay. I think that's actually one thing with this podcast. I've very realised that I've always asked questions, and some of them can be quite stupid. But wow. I get fascinated by these types of things. Like even remember, when I remember being a kid and getting my hair cut. Yeah. And I was like really intrigued as to who cuts the barber's hair. I was like. <laughs> So you're cutting everybody's yeah, hair, but yeah. who cuts, who cuts your, your hair? hair. Yeah, yeah. Do you cut your hair? Um, what was the answer that you get? <laughs> I think he said he cut his own hair. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. With um, a mirror like that. Coming but back. then I got away with that because I was like four years old, but I don't think you can ask those questions so much as you get older, you know? Um, I don't know. You're talking to the wrong person here. <laughs> <laughs> I still ask a very stupid question. and But, you know, at work, they always say, like, there's no, stupid, there's no such a stupid question. Ask anyway. So Yeah, there ask you go. Ask anyway. <laughs> there is definitely such a thing as a stupid question. but uh, yeah. um, And I ask plenty of them. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we spoke still a li- do that. We spoke a little bit about this before, uh, but... I'm going to go over it again and for yeah. people who, you know, are listening who uh, would like to get to know a little bit more about you and, yeah. and that type of thing. Um, when did you actually arrive to Dublin and how did that come about? So I came to Dublin uh, 2019, September, uh, because of my ex. Mm-hmm. Um and it was just before the COVID actually started to kick in. Mm. Um, it was it was a kind of a, a not rough period, but like um, we, we we just came back from South America, so we didn't really had a lot of money, no. and so we were staying for a while with this with his mom because we couldn't afford to rent a place. Um, I started kind of. I'm very lucky because I'm a nurse, so I found a job straight away. So mm. we kind of uh, like we're kind of holding for like two, three months there to get some money together and then be able to rent a place. Uh, so I wasn't really in Dublin, Dublin. I was more like Malahide. Okay. Uh, very nice. Lovely very spot. nice. Amazing. Very nice. Close to the sea. Lovely, lovely. Very, very nice. Um. And then uh, around the end of December, I moved to Dublin, Dublin, Dublin. But mm-hmm. then the COVID started to kick in. And so I didn't really experience Dublin because mm-hmm. then everything started to shut down. And so like, um, yeah, I didn't really see Dublin. I, I feel like I've, I've been seeing, I've seen Dublin much more in the last, uh, in the last year, basically, because things are reopened and, you know, uh, there were places to go, things to do, but... Um, yeah, I was in the sea center of Dublin, but we weren't really doing, compared to what I've seen in the last year, I don't think I was leaving Dublin the, in the same way, you know, like things were closed and yeah. Yeah, you told me before that you, yeah. you actually work as an intensive care nurse. Yeah. I don't know if you s- immediately started working as that in, in Dublin, but um, like, Obviously, we're talking about if we take kind of change the subject a little bit, and I don't like to talk about this too much, but just out of interest, because we don't normally get people who have been so close and so involved. Yeah. But obviously, when the pand- pandemic hit, you were on the front lines of that, and that must have been um, a very stressful situation. Yeah, yeah, I was challenged for a lot of. Um, it was a, 
it was pretty challenging for a lot of reason. Um, I'm the moving was one of like the moving moving work was big difference because like I didn't had my colleagues and um, I didn't really start to work straight away in ICU. I, I wanted to work in a, in a in a big hospital, but you know when you change country, people have a different slang and different accent to say yeah. things. And working in a hospital environment, you always deal with um, people that are old mm. and they always have like, they don't really speak the clear English, uh, you yeah. know. So I was like, uh, I was panicking a little bit. I was like, I'm not gonna work straight away in a big hospital. I'm gonna find like a nice calm setting, get my ear, you know, to hear, get my ear comfortable with the Irish accent and everything. And then I'll move to the to the public one, to the big one. So I I first started to work in a private hospital. And when the COVID kicked in, I was in this private hospital. And so I feel like it was, the setting was quite different compared to what the nurses were experiencing in the public hospital, yeah. in ICU. I was not even working in ICU. I was working just in a general surgical department. Um, and then I'm not a big fan of a private hospital. And uh, the plan was to be there, was to stay there for one year and then move. I, I didn't find myself enough well there. So I quit my job in the middle of the in the middle of the COVID and everything. And I was like, I don't know what to do because I knew I wanted to do more because I, I in, in London, I was actually kind of like almost in HDU. So I felt like I was going down here with skills and things. What is HDU? It's like high dependence unit and it's like between uh, the ward and ICU. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, basically you can simply just say that. Um, so, I had to apply for jobs and during the COVID it wasn't really ideal because hospitals were already struggling. So they weren't really uh, <laughs> doing interviews and things. So yeah, I felt I had to stay with an agency for like three, four months. So I wasn't really experiencing the wave um, of a front healthcare workers in the actual hospital, in the hospital. Yeah, I was more struggling to actually find myself into that. Yeah. Um, and then finally I, I, I got the matter and then I only experienced like the second big wave. Uh, yeah, which I guess was like at the, it was Christmas time or, or cri after Christmas? It was after Christmas. It started like around 2021. Yeah. yeah, 2021. And that's when I started to work in ICU. And that was tough. That was tough. That was that was hard, and mm, the colleagues that were there already were like, "Oh, like you, you should have seen last, last year." Um, they really struggled because some of them got sick, and that's like kind of like you ask the barber who cut your hair, <laughs> you ask the nurse when you get sick, what happened to you? No, like. Um, then I found out a couple of my colleagues got very unwell. They were actually recovered there as a patient. Wow. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, it was it, it was hard, but at the same time, I think the teamwork, the 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 team can be a big thing. Like uh, if you have a good team, then work goes okay. Yeah, can be tough and hard and anything, but if you have a good pals that support you and work with you, uh, you can actually do everything. Yeah. So I feel like the team that I started, the girls that I started with, it was a 
a nice, really nice, nice team. And then um, on the unit, everyone, everybody were so welcoming, um, half full, understandable. Like the my background was not ICU, was another background that I was an Irish, I was Italian, blah blah blah. So. Um, the way so the the world kept going on with the COVID and all the issue, and we were working hard in the hospital. But thanks God, uh, the team was there, mm. and it felt supported, even if things seems like it was kind of going shitty outside the world. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Does it make sense? It does. Yeah. Um. Um. That was the big part. Like I. Yeah, I value my colleagues and some of them are really good friends of mine. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Were you worried at some point, let's say in January 2021, you're like, oh, my God, is this ever going to end? Or were you confident that this was, as they said, like a wave um, and you weren't like, oh, I hope this doesn't like deteriorate even more? I was worried. Uh, my concern was more like towards my parents. Yeah. Um, I would normally try to go back to Italy every three, four months. Um, but that period I was kind of stuck and, uh, yeah, it kind of, it didn't felt like it was going to go away anytime soon. Um, it felt like, yeah, I was going to, how do you say, um, I, I didn't think it was going to finish anytime soon. I thought we were going to live in this situation for a long time, for quite a while, yeah. And it felt even more heavy the fact that, that they were putting a lot of pressure on the healthcare workers mm. uh, in terms uh, of doctors, nurses, uh, anyone who's involved in to the healthcare system. Um, because... <laughs> uh, there are a big number of of people and society around, but you don't have enough a number to actually compensate if everybody gets unwell. Yeah, of course. And and we do feel our patient. Yeah, I know. You know, yeah. we feel our patient. Um, there was a little bit of burnout. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, like. Uh, I have a friend yeah. who was a doctor, and and, and she said. Like what? one of the things that, <laughs> um, or, or one of the most difficult, or if not the most difficult part of it all for her was, you know, at times, like, it, it sounds so unbelievable now to even say it, but if someone is is, is dying, that their family can't be with them. Um, yeah, that was the most hardest thing yeah. ever. Like we had to hold, like you know, the the pad and do the video call and. Uh, Oh, like my yeah. mom, ma- my mom had to have a surgery during the period, and uh, she was alone basically in the hospital. Like I wasn't, I was not even there. Like physically, I was not even in Italy, and she was basically alone. And she was so sad, and I could actually see that on the daily basis on the patients because they were alone basically. Like you know, mm. it makes a huge difference if you can <laughs> see uh, your friend or your partner or whatever in your mood and your mood that can influence your clinical pathway you know like your spirit like you are like more like okay i'm gonna get better i'm gonna do it yeah mood was really down you know it was yeah 
that was the saddest part. And I wasn't there from the first wave, but uh, most of the healthcare and nurses that were there, like, I have no idea how many people that had to, like, bring down with that, that, that I was, yeah. like, constantly. Mm. Um, yeah, I was... Thank you so much for <laughs> no, like was, uh, honest uh, to God, like just on, on a total, on another matter, um, you know, I was sitting at home and like <laughs> complaining about my, you know, ina- uh, inability worry. to, don't I don't worry, know, don't worry. go for a pint, um, and yeah. you were in there like on the front line. So just for all of that work that you did and continue to do, because yeah. um, I have been in the unfortunate situation, but thankfully, where I have not been in ICU, but I've been with people who yeah. are in ICU. Um, and then the wor- I just, I remember being there with the nurses and I saw the work that they do and I was like, oh my God, these people are, like, it's, it sounds like a cliche, but they are actually heroes. Um, you see, no, I but No, no, just stop for a second. <laughs> don't, just, they are. Um, and like, okay, they're not miracle workers, like nobody's expecting that, but they are trying their absolute best to yeah. make everybody as comfortable, whether it, that's us as a family, or because that's a very, I don't know, I don't want to get into this too much, but yeah. I don't know if those skills are taught to you, like how to deal with it, not only the patient, but also the, the family who are there with them. And then yeah. what makes you probably hard work is is seeing more so even the the family. Does that make sense? Yeah, as, yeah, opposed, yeah, yeah. as opposed to the, the patient. Anyway, thank you. An uh, <laughs> in, in incredible amount. I really mean that sincerely for that. Um, thank you to we, my colleagues. <laughs> Otherwise, trust me, I won't have gone through it, trust me. <laughs> so yeah. well, I'm not surprised. Um, you, throughout all of that, and I, you probably work crazy hours and that kind of stuff as well, um, managed to set up a, a, a cultural experience ah. for people in Dublin called La Mansarda, which, yeah. as far as I'm, I've been told, means like the attic yes. in Italian. Yes. Um, tell me about <laughs> what, what the hell is this? So it started as a joke. It started as a joke. <laughs> like, like everything, like everything <laughs> like great everything. in life. <laughs> yes, exactly. It started as a joke. And um, I had a bit of a dark period. Mm. Um, I didn't really, I was really flat. For some, Like if you know me, it's really hard to think about me being flat, but I was really flat. Um, and then my best friend, uh, his name is Giancarlo. Mm. And I love him mm-hmm. for from the bottom of my heart. So he came from London and uh, we were in the house for drinks just randomly. And uh, we went to Frank's Ryan. Um, great, the, pub. Yeah. great pub, exactly. And uh, as usually with John, everything just happened. Uh, we started to chat with some people that were there. And there were these other two lads, uh, Constantine and James. And I literally, I just moved my apartment because uh, with things with my ex mm. and and then John was like oh why don't you go to DJ's house and sound and do some music for the warming party and they yeah. were like oh okay so they came and I kind of really liked it that the entire setting the, 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 the house the apartment and the music and the people I was like hmm I could actually do this a little bit more often so the first it was like to have gigs in my apartment and and I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, like we could do this more often. And then this Constantine was like, oh, if you look for more musicians, you should come down to Smith for Creative, which is which is run by Adam. 
And then I went down there and I told a couple of people, I was like, oh, you know, I would like to organize some indoor gigs. And like, oh, yeah, sure, why not? Let us know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and, and literally just... Uh, it, it, it just started and then we had the first one, the first event in my apartment and it was gas. I really, really liked it. And then again, Constantine, this guy was like, oh, you should look for a venue. You know, people would like to have this in like a, in a nice venue, wherever. I was like, oh, yeah, but I don't like pubs because, you know, people get, they drink, they chat and, you know, the focus get lost. So <laughs> I found a, a bookshop. Mm. Connolly Book was the first venue and <laughs> and I didn't expect it but actually people did show up and I was like oh wow <laughs> and uh, the artists were always very keen and like very um, happy about like oh yeah I'll come and play oh yeah I'll come and play I was like oh my god this is something way too easy like um, and then I was like oh maybe I can change venue every month just to get like people around Dublin so you know get different audience all the time and get the name around Dublin, you know, Dublin A, W1, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then the name, uh, the name came because my apartment at the beginning was a mess. Okay. When I had to move in, I had the boxes there for a little while because uh, my mood was not really into the fixing things mm. around. I was like, okay, you see the boxes there? I'm in the exact mood. Like, I don't know where to put things because yeah. I don't know where to where to start again. So it felt messy like La Mansarda and it kind of started. And then it kind of, I was like, oh, maybe I can name La Mansarda. And then, uh, and then giving it So it deep, felt like an attic, like, it a, like, a, like a storage like room. It felt like a safe place where I could just, anything could happen. The world was just running around, couldn't, couldn't care. Wow. <laughs> um, and yeah, so then we kept, I kept the name La Mansarda and I kind of associated the lemon to it. The lemon is more like, I kind of tip, I kind of really thought about that because um, um, the, I was doing this, because um, back like in Roman period, people were using lemons to fix disease or as an antidote for like poison things or whatever. Yeah, it's supposed to like... I, I read a book about, uh, I'm fo- sorry to interrupt, yeah. a, a football manager once who kept uh, lemons on the table because apparently they, they get rid of negativity. As well, as well, as well. It's, it, it should bring a positivity, energy, it's supposed to be something really um, uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And so I've been doing it. It started as a joke, but then it became more serious. And I'm, now I'm all into it. Uh, so, yeah. So wh- like when you had that first one in your house, yeah. what, when was that exactly? That was on March, March last year. March 2022. 2022, yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and Can't so, believe it. Yeah. But like, it, it is kind of crazy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, isn't it funny sometimes how things like, as you said, this is too easy. Yeah. It's like everything goes your way. Yeah. I didn't really push it a lot. Of course, I encourage it, but it kind of, it's nice. It was nice to find um, 
this community that was really they were like really helpful like i i found i had um i found really nice support by anyone like andy kelly was helping me with the poster at the beginning and uh constantine this guy was giving me advice like how to do this and that and then robbie Ray, robbie uh, another friend of mine was like oh i wanted to to get like a psc system and, and i was like oh can you help me with this and i was like yeah sure like we can do this you know Every time I was like in dubs, what do I do? What do I do? And uh, there was like this community of like nice, friendly people ready to help you. Like, mm. just say what you need. And if we can, we'll help you. One, no, no mm. problem. Uh, uh, what's really nice about it as well, and what I find inspirational is the fact that, you know, you're, you're doing this for mainly for charity too. Uh, yeah, that came along as well. I've been, um, um, I worked with people in cooperation for work, um, I did out of passion really. For the last three, four years, I'm on the media part, like I, I'm in charge of the website and uh, uh, the what photography is part. So People in Cooperation is, um, is, a non, um, is an NGO basically, uh, started in Italy and they have a link uh, from Lecce to Peru, Chimbote. Uh, they, they uh, have done quite a lot of missions in the past to help the healthcare system in Peru. They had like a, a team of surgeons that went from Italy to Chimbote to operate some kids that had issue with eyes or with the with the lips. Um, they were um, they did like a program for a couple of doctors um, to to go over there and like uh, uh, help with the screening of HIV and everything. So. As I was working with them when I started with La Manzarda, and one of the main issues uh, in this kind of organization is like money, mm. like we need money to do these things. But uh, I was like, oh, maybe I can actually, through this artistic environment, um, I can actually try to support you as well. Um, so I associated with the people in cooperation for the first year, um, and then like um, every 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 month it was like a donations open, um, and it was nice to see that the community was really despite it's a, like a very uh, far reality because as I, as I said like they work in Peru and uh, it's based in Italy so doesn't is not really famous or like any any other organization. Uh, it was nice to see the positive feedback by the mm. community. Um, and I think I, I, I was actually down in Chimbote when I went to South America and I went two days with this, uh, um, with my colleague, who, my colleague, my friend, nurse colleague who works there. And I was really shocked by the healthcare system over there. Yeah. The rural place is really really don't have anything mm. um so when my friend was like oh maybe we, we're trying to get some equipment for the pediatric ambulatory here and there i was like okay i can actually help you on that because i've seen it and i know you guys really need it um so i i was like okay i can i can associate the two things um and and i like you know i can help both things that i like because uh, I, I, I'm actually from there, um, from South America, and it's nice to um, ha to be able to build resources that can be used over there because they really, they really don't. Yeah. 
Don't you feel like you're giving back yeah a lot yeah. of aspects of your life whether it's yeah. your professional life or whether yeah. it's your passion which yeah. is la mansarda yeah you're giving back um yeah. wh- when do you give to yourself like what what do you do to like make yourself feel like prioritize yourself like you're prioritizing <laughs> other people all the time yeah which is amazing and i'm yeah so inspired uh, by it yeah but i'm curious to know like what you do for yourself um i'm practicing my keyboard <laughs> <laughs> very good uh, what can you play well, I can't really play. Like, I'm literally, I'm, a, I'm like a little child. It's like, dun, 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 dun. Right. back in the spring by Vivaldi. So, dun, 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 oh, there you go. Yeah. Not in a really high level, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I just, um, I'm okay with that at the moment. Um, I... I I I want to go. I want to give back something to because I I I born in a very rural place, and I feel like I've been very very lucky the way my life path took, um, and if I can uh, if I can help, I like I like to do that. Um, for for myself, I sometimes I just like paint or draw, but that that's. Like I'm okay, thanks God. I'm like I'm healthy. I have a good job, and like you know, I have good friends. So I feel like you know, I I, I like to. It's okay to give. You don't know. You don't always have to give to like think. Oh, what I'm getting back, or what about me? What about me? No, I'm I'm okay to give. I don't. I don't really care if I get something like mm. it's 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 okay I, I think sometimes we worry too much about like getting back or like what are people are giving back to us what am I what am I receiving from this but it's nice to do it just without that thought yeah. just like if it comes good but if it doesn't it's not something that I think of and it's a, I'm really pissed with that mm. um yeah like is there something or someone that inspires you? My parents, mom and dad, because um, you say when I when I was telling you, like, I'll, I'll really be always grateful to them. Like my dad has been always a, a hard, hard, hard worker and uh, mom, too. But mom is like uh, much more friendly and chatty and goes around and say this and that. Um, so with their resources, they literally did everything to literally adopt two kids from South America and two kids from Russia. Wow. And, you know, they literally gave everything they could to do this. Of course, mom never thought about like, oh, I'm going to get back when I get old and maybe they look after me. No, there was not such a thought. Um, they were just thinking like, okay, we can give something nice, some, a nice life to these people uh, and love and things. So, you know, their energy, their giving, their open mind, like, you know, you're going <laughs> South America, Russia, literally whew, <laughs> completely on the other side. So so do you have them then like two bro- Russia, brothers two. And, 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 and or sisters or? I have a brother and a sister from Russia and uh, 
Me and my sister from Colombia. And you all yeah. speak Italian, I imagine. Now, yes. Of but look, it was such a total disaster when we were like um, five or six years old. You should, you should see my parents were like, ah! Because we were speaking Spanish. My brother and sister were speaking Russian. And my parents were in Italian. We're like, okay, we don't understand each other. Wow. Yeah, but like my parents are like big, 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 big example. Like it's good to give and don't always think about like, getting back because... It's okay. Like, you know, it's mm. okay. I don't, yeah, my parents, mom and dad. Are they, they must be very happy with, like, how I'm, you've turned out anyway. Like, <laughs> I don't know about yeah. your brothers and sisters. But. Yeah, no, no, they're happy overall. They're happy overall. Um, of course, we have our fights. and of course, uh, normal, it's a family. They, they, they weren't happy when I first leave, uh, left uh, um, Italy. Like, mom was really, 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 really crossed. But now she goes around very proud. Oh, my, sis- my, my daughter is here. She did that and that. And my other two sisters in Germany as well. And she goes around proudly like, oh, they're here, la, la, la. So, yeah, now she's, she's happy, right? But, yeah. Um, you said to me before that <laughs> it's a pity that they don't speak English and can't Yeah, they don't this. speak English, so they uh, don't Do you want to, really like, uh, this will probably be about, I don't know how many minutes we no, are no, in. No, Do you want to say something to them in Italian just now, quickly? <laughs> there you go. You can tell her to just turn turn into that. Listen yeah, to that part. Yeah, I will. Um, I will. I will. I will. I will. But yeah, mum and dad. Yeah. And um, what part of actually? I, I can't remember what, what part of Italy exactly. Naples. Ah uh, yes. Napoli. Yeah. True. We won the Champions League. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um. Um. Well, the Champions League, no, the, the, the sorry, Serie A. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, don't get ahead Oops. of yourself, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, all right, all right. Um, I've I've never been, but I'd love to go, especially to the, to the south of Italy in general. Um, yeah. For many reasons. Um, I'm a big, uh, massive um, lover of Italian food, so I can imagine how, how good it is down there. I remember... Um, Apologies if I just say the same stories in this podcast all the time, but I'm, I have a limited amount of stories. So, <laughs> but that's okay. I remember going over when I was in school. We were went over and we played a rugby team, an Italian rugby team mm. from um, uh, just outside Milan. Yeah, I, I can't remember. It was like thirteen or fourteen, and my mother, God bless her, used to make this uh, lasagna when we were young. Mm. And you know, when you're young, vegetables are a bit of an issue, right? But especially when they're like massive, not like chopped very finely or anything like that. So I, all I remember was from the lasagna, like big chunks of pepper and onion that I had to kind of root around in order to to find the the nice part. And um, again, my mother, like you're an absolute saint in, in every uh, way, shape or form. But I have to say, when I went to stay with this, because we stayed with the with the other team's family. Mm. So they took us in for like two days two of the guys on the team myself and another guy and they didn't speak any English but they gave us some food and for the first time I had a lasagna cooked by obviously an Italian woman an Italian mother and I was at first I was like lasagna I was like oh no I'm going to have to like pretend to like this oh. uh, because I was just accustomed to that type of lasagna yeah. and then I had it and I was like oh my god there's not a vegetable story. in sight but <laughs> no. there is I mean there's they're just mixed in so well and chopped up so finely yeah you don't, you don't yeah. get the piece like what yeah. is this <laughs> I came home my poor mother is like just don't even bother with the lasagna anymore okay <laughs> wait did you learn how to make lasagna now I, I can I can 
I actually make a vegetable lasagna more okay. often than I make um, a meat one. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of work involved. Yeah. A lot of work. And yeah. I guess my poor mother, she had five kids. And over, oh. over how many years of cooking for them, she's probably like, whatever. These vegetables are just going in. Yeah. <laughs> you eat any egg, whatever's on the table. <laughs> yeah, that was the rule, actually. Yeah. There's nothing else. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For play to her, though, like five kids. God. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. Uh, and I came nine years after my siblings. So Ooh. it must have been like, oh, we thought our work was done. Oh, my God. There he is again. Here we have this guy coloring on the walls. What's the story? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So you were the little brother. Oof, yeah. Were you treated okay by the... Um, <laughs> I was. I mean, okay, I, good. I, I, I will admit, I grew up with a, a bruise on both arms, like permanently. But I... You know, when you're a kid, you just think that's normal. Yeah. Um, and it does kind of, to a certain extent, toughen you up. Because any time a kid hit me in school, I'd be like, that doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> <laughs> because my brothers were the ones kicking me. the crap out of me <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. Okay. But look, they prepared you to the tough word, you know, like... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Then they I, trained you. When I was like maybe 13 or 14, I had a growth spurt and the beating stopped. Yeah, I remember the first time as well that I, because when you're like mess fighting as kids, my my brothers were like teenagers and I was like five or six years old. So obviously they were just messing with me, but I was fighting as hard as I possibly could. You know, that that's how the (laughs) dynamic worked. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And I remember, and I will always remember the first time I actually hurt one of them. And it was just like a huge champion moment. <laughs> it was like, I remember my brother just went, ow. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I <did> Emily. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that must be a very, very happy moment. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So there's all sorts of trauma as well that's, that's come from that. <laughs> no, that's anyway, like... very good. Um, but like, how did you, when you started La Mansarda, you did this in your house. It was... Yeah. In as you said, uh, like a very disorganized room, and but you had the I guess the friendliness or the niceness of these guys, and your friend also Giancarlo came yeah. from London, who kind of inspired it to a certain extent. Yeah. Um. And what made you at the end of that night? What really made you go? We can do this again, as opposed to that was a nice housewarming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I was like, wow, that was class. <laughs> um. On the back of my head, I've always been fascinated by all this world, like all this artistic world. And I, I found artists really cool. Like I, I literally like, I fell in love with all of them. Um, I was like, okay, maybe I can actually, I'm not an artist myself, uh, but maybe I can um, organize them. I can mm. give them a platform where they can uh, perform and I can somehow be part of them. Even if I'm not an artist, you know, I can I can um I can give them a, like a free platform where they can actually uh express themselves. Yeah. And doesn't take like doesn't take too much for me to do that. Yeah. But I'm pre- when I saw when I saw um Constantine and James, like how happy they were when they were playing. Mm. It was so nice to see. It was just like, I don't know, it's like when you see a kid having a chocolate and like, mm-hmm. oh my God. So 
Yeah, like my idea is literally to to have uh, this free platform, ideally around Europe. That's that's like I'm so like wow, ideally around Always. Europe, where the artists can literally just go around like, oh, Lija, I want to play in Italy. I was like, yeah, cool, you can play in Italy. You want to play in London? Fine, you can play in London. Where they can they can actually just move themselves in it without any barrier, any difficulty, like you know. Any any issue of like uh, I don't know permission uh, insurance uh, cost uh, no like I want you to be literally like if it now I can't but I'm I'm starting like I'm gonna have one in in um in, in next month in in London and that will be like the lunch of like Lemon Saturday in London and that's like you know I I've asked the guys like you know buy your ticket but I'm gonna try to, like Lemon Saturday is gonna try to cover some of the cost. And ideally, like in a future talking, like I'll be, able, I, I want to be able to cover all the courses. If one day you wake up, you're like, listen, I would like to perform in, uh, uh, in Bologna, for example. Mm. I like, I want to be able to give that to you, mm. and because I know how happy you will be, because mm. it gives them a lot of adrenaline, a lot of uh, happiness. I, I've, every time I see an art, I see someone performing. La Mansard or Smithy or Flow Show or any other setting or circle session, you should see their faces. Literally, it is happy. But it's a, it's a really um, incredibly beautiful thing in the sense that, you know, I sometimes I get a little bit of, uh, of like there was I went on um, this small tangent. I went on a tour of Dublin. Right. Uh, mm, last year because I had some friends from Spain coming over and I was like you know what I'm going to go on this tour as well I'm not I just was like okay I'll be I think the guide thought I was being you know like testing them or something like that but I wasn't I was like you definitely know more than me man um, I was like I want to actually learn some things about my city as well um, and he was saying you know things about Irish culture and where to find true Irish culture because he said that Dublin had become and he used this phrase I don't know why it just sticks with me so much but very uh, what was it he said Netflix sushi mojito you know in that sense of that kind of you know it's the popular culture of the way people live you know we're Instagramming our fancy cocktails we watch Netflix in the evening um, and that kind of stuck with me in a weird way and I feel like people are living that life including myself okay. to a, quite frequently and particularly younger people who are coming up with this like in this digital age where everything yeah. is there is like so much stimulation on your phone or your laptop or whatever mm. but then when you provide a, a stage say for someone who's taking the time to create something whether it be a poem or a song or yeah or whatever um and then deliver that to people you can't beat that feeling. No. Like, no. that is not something that you'll get from Netflix or sushi no. or a mojito. Um, but both for the artist and the people there. Because if you see someone perform something very true and authentic and or gets the crowd going, maybe it's a musician who has everybody clapping along yeah. or whatever, it's a really, un- especially in an intimate setting like that, it's really special. Like, it's, it's a unbelievable way to spend a bloody Wednesday night or whatever it might yeah. be yeah, yeah yeah, and I think what you're doing is very important because we need these things to grow we need there to be an alternative to what 
to the incre- like intense stimulation that we have yeah. on our phones. And actually, the two need to grow together, technically, one to promote the other. But yeah, like the, social media relevant as well. Like in terms of, I'm not going to lie, like it, um, it, the Instagram page did help to grow La Mansard as well. You need it. You need the social media to kind of grow. As long as that is not the main one, you know, the main one is still the feeling that you get when you come to the event. Mm, absolutely. That's, that's that, yeah. As long as you don't l- lose it, uh, you get lost on the social media, I need to put them out. No. Keep, keep the real feeling going. Yeah. And then support, yeah, social media for sure. Like, I'm not going to lie. We, we need the social media to, like, spread around the world and... Um, advertise things unfortunately that has that is one of the way that has to go uh but as long as i think i think as long as i stay genuine on the project um it'll, uh, it will it will be good for the artist and for the audience mm. if i if i i think if i start to if i start to callum and said that something that I don't know, gets lost too much into the social media, then I think um, it's not, it won't work anymore. Mm. You get what I mean? Yeah. More, uh, I, yeah. I do. Um, but I also just think it, it is important. Because, so here, listen, I'd love to yeah. live in a world where actually we didn't have anybody's social media or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, maybe, or that it was like 10% of what it actually is. Yeah. But then... I don't know, people's attention and, and where we spend or or put our attention mm. is just, it's so frequently on our phones. Like, I don't know if you ever get the dart or the bus or even people walking down the street, they're on their phone yeah, like yeah, so yeah, often. Yeah. yeah, And that's fine. I'm not criticizing. It's like a, sometimes a part of me is like, oh, I hate this and I want to go against it. But then how can you possibly... What what good is that actually doing? I think it's a balance. It's just a balance. Like, uh, I use the phone a lot, and I'm not going to lie, and uh, someone could call me, like, social addict as well. But I do read books. I do paint. Yeah. I do draw. I do play my keyboard sometimes. Yeah. I do water my plants, <laughs> repot yeah. them. So... It, Social media is part of our life nowadays, and there's no reason fight on. I don't. I don't think it makes too much sense on fighting them. Just okay, engage them on your life, but within a balance. Yeah. Like you know. Yeah. It's um. Yeah, I think it, uh, everything is not. I my my mom used to say there is nothing wrong, as long as you don't use it too much. Mm. There's moderation. nothing. Huh? Moderation. Yeah, moderation. Yeah, like you know, there's nothing wrong on eating too much pasta as long as you don't eat too much pasta. There's nothing wrong on you use too much phone as long as you keep doing your things around. Like you know, there's nothing wrong on going out too much as long as you know you get yourself some nice rest. There's nothing wrong as long as long as you have some balance and moderation. There's mm. it's okay. They like if this makes you happy and you want to do that's okay. Just don't forget the things around you, like you yeah. know. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not those one like fighting the social media. No, engaged. I I 
engage with them, I embrace them, but at the same time, try to not forget the world around. Yeah, yeah, important. Yeah. Um, how come you've stuck around in Dublin and how much <laughs> do you think La Mansarda um, has helped that? Dublin. Or, so like, being honest, you're, you you seem like very, like ha- uh, from, from the outside, you seem quite happy here. I'm, I'm sure there's like times where you, you, you dislike it and you know, there's the weather, the accommodation, we're not gonna get into all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, because you're, you know, you're an Italian girl living here. Yeah. And you're, you've decided to, to stick around. Yeah. I'm assuming La Mansarda has some part of that, or maybe it's got nothing to do with it. No, La Mansarda has some part of it. I'm not gonna lie. I'll, uh, like, I plan my holidays according to La Mansarda. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that says a lot. Um, I think I have helped a little bit Dublin. Have helped a little bit the artistic environment, and uh, I, I don't know how long am I going to stick around. Um, I definitely need a break. I'm definitely gonna go um, have a break. I need a. I was telling this to my friend earlier on. Um, it has been like a, a spin, mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. Um. I came, I had to settle myself, I had to find myself into work, I had to find my people, people that knew me, they could accept me as I as I was, or some kind of a new friends, because all my friends were in London. Um, I had to, then after whatever happened, I had to refine a place, refine, like, resettle myself in this new job, um, started college as well because then I did this college thing then I did La Mansada it's been like like constantly going Um, and a lot of important things have happened in the middle but I haven't really stopped yeah Uh, so I think maybe next year I'm gonna stop a little bit uh, recenter yourself. Recenter myself. La Manserda is uh, is part of me. So wherever I recenter myself, I think I will bring that project with me. Mm-hmm. Especially because now I kind of have like an idea how to set it up around, mm. and uh, and yeah, like. Um, I'm staying at the moment. I'm staying this year for sure, like until Christmas. I'll put my Christmas tree in the apartment and I'll stay here. Uh, but I think next year I'll, uh, I'll have to stop some, like I'll have to take a break from all of this, from maybe even from Dublin. Because, <laughs> because you know, like um, uh, I came here for love, big love. And then I had this breakup. I had one year where I was kind of like, La Mansada literally hold me online. Otherwise I was, I don't know what I was, to be honest. Um, and then I started college and work that had, that kept me online again. Um, then I feel like now I want to, don't follow this line, I just want to, 
I need to just look around and sit down. Mm. Yeah. I don't need to keep walking on the line. I'm just going to sit down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if it makes any sense. Yeah. Um, moderation. So, yes, exactly. Moderation. I think I've done a lot, but now I need to, you know. Uh, but yeah, definitely lemon is part of me and I plan my life around it. I will plan my life around it. It's a project that I like. Mm. Um, I I think um, I've, I've raised money for like peak. I'm doing it for UNICEF this year. And I think the next year I don't want just to raise money. I want to, through my work, I want to do something physical. So I don't know, like an NGO or something like because I'm a nurse and I know they're always looking for nurses and like instead of just giving money give something of my skills or my self um, and yeah re, re, re-dimension everything a little bit mm. but I'll carry Lemon set up with me amazing yeah, yeah. Um, you have a like a a great spirit <laughs> well I try yeah <laughs> I tried. What are you studying? I finished. I actually did my last exam. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I did a postgrad in critical care. Okay. At the UCD. Um, It's been a challenging year. I'm not going to lie. I I haven't been in college since I was in college. (laughs) Mm. Which has been a while. Uh, So now it's finished. And um, yeah. A postgrad in critical care, basically, mm. um, in ICU. So that has given me more knowledge about critical settings, how to manage m- m- particular clinical situation that requires immediate response. Um, so, yeah, it has given me a little bit more knowledge. Um, and I think I can help a little bit more now. Mm. Um, so it'll be nice to apply that um, in a setting where I kind of not to go back, but I kind of born, like, you know, like there was nowhere there. And I like to give some something back, something in return, you know, like, yeah, I grew up now I can give something back. Yeah. You know, Amazing. to those who are not lucky like me. Amazing. Just saying. You're an inspiration. Uh, <laughs> where do you like to hang out in Dublin where I spend your time or or even where would you like if you were? Uh, let's say Giancarlo was coming to Dublin for the first yeah. for the first time ever. OK. Um, okay. Please don't say Temple Bar. <laughs> um, no, I wasn't going to say that. You know, actually, I have like um, I I don't really unless I go to the international bar secret session that is run by Shimus and Roshin, I am or Grogan. So like, I don't really hang around that part, that area to be honest. Mm. Um, so no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> where do I like to go out? Um, I cycle. I like to go to the beach, if I can, mm-hmm. and uh, Big Romance is my place. Mm-hmm. I like to go there. Like sometimes when I go there on my own, they'll ask me, oh, is it Gloria with you? Gloria is my bike. <laughs> 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 That's how well they know me. Yeah. Um, have you ever been? I've been there once. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I had my I did dry January this year, you know, where you don't drink alcohol for uh, a month. Oh, good man. I had my first pint in the Big Romance. It's um, a nice little uh, uh, place I like it yeah, I like it's, it's really they cool. have always very good music yeah and lovely beers as well and lovely beers yes 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 yeah. yes um, that's definitely my place like 
I feel very comfortable yeah. <laughs> uh, there. Um, then I don't know. I kind of hang more with friends. So if there are gigs, I'll go around gigs. But um, I think uh, apart that and cycling, I used before when I was living in Stony Barter, I used to go to Phoenix Park. But since I've been living more in the city center, I don't go towards. I don't really go to Phoenix Park that often. I think the last time it was maybe three months ago. Mm. Um, I, I'm more like on the side of, towards Clontarf, so it's only like 15 minutes by bike, goes yeah. up there and happy days. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I live in the city centre, I'm, I'm not in the city centre. in the city centre. No, unless like well, I'm, like I'm meeting uh, some friends going out here and there, but yeah, no, like, not really. Amazing, very good. Um, I'm like also interested by. Oh, fibers! I'm not gonna lie. Fibers. Oh, fibers. <laughs> oh, fibers sometimes, yes. Uh, good live music there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like it's it's interesting sometimes to hear where people uh, hang out. There's obviously there's a thousand different ways you can experience the city. Yeah. So, um, I think it's always nice to to share that and um, see how people uh, live here and get by. Mm. Um, you have a big event coming up in July. Yes. That we should talk about and we should tell people about. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Guys, listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen now. Listen now. Forget about everything before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So I wanted to celebrate one year of La Mansarda. I was not able to organize anything on March because uh, February, March were actually really busy with college and exams. So there was no way I could do anything big. So birthday reschedule <laughs> for July. Um, I rented the um, old boys school at the Small Cali Theater mm-hmm. um, for what we call it one day with La Mansarda. Uh, the focus will be trying to Compare the two societies that seems to exist in the same world, the caring society. Since since I'm supporting UNICEF, uh, um, I wanted to highlight a little bit of their work and highlight the fact that most of the people, you know, that work there are literally people that like to give without, uh, you know, having anything in return. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, the society is a little bit more selfish, uh, a bit more careless, uh, but somehow those two kind of society, we they coexist in the same world. Yeah. So I have this fashion designer from Portugal, Simone, and she will uh, make two. We recycled some of uh, uh, clothes. I send it back to. I send it to her. I collect some clothes. I send it to her. She will make two dresses to represent these two society. Um, those dresses will be exposed during the event uh, with two models. Uh, we will be looking for models if anyone is interested. Um, she, so the fashion designer is going to come here one week before the actual event. So we will be able to fit everything on the models. And then uh, the idea is to have some workshop as well. Since, the, since there is this uh, duality of society, um, I think it's important to not forget how multicultural is the society at the same time. Mm-hmm. So there will be a workshop by um, uh, Ruth, uh, who is an, an Indian girl. She does uh, Indian dance and uh, she will be teaching some Indian uh, steps. Cool. And ideally, uh, who, 
finger crossed, I can organize. There will be an, uh, a turban workshop as well oh, wow. by Thais Munitz. And then uh, artists such as uh, Po. When, when I say artists, uh, one of the aims of La Manzade is to try to uh, engage with all the type of artists. Musicians have a lot of platforms. And um, I think sometimes visual artists or uh, those kind of styles don't really have a, a big platform. Or oh, dancers as well. Uh, so we'll try to engage uh, with this kind of art. Uh, so there will be like 10 artists between like poems, spoken word, musician, visual artist, and dancer. Um, and the entire day, the entire day will be f- full of that. But the aim is to build awareness of the fact that you can be caring, you should be open mind, and uh, you don't need to do uh, you don't need to go far away to help someone. Dublin has a lot of issues at the moment in terms of houses, uh, immigrations, uh, immigrations. So just help your neighbor, basically. Yeah. Um, that will be already a good start. <laughs> Absolutely. I think uh, so. The entire event um, uh, should uh, encourage more like uh, a general spirit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that will be. That'll be it. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it'll be a good event, and and hopefully we will have the feed the feedback that we want. Um, but yeah, it will be on the twenty ninth of July. Everything is still on the draft. <laughs> From the poster to the actual lineup and everything, but um, yeah. But can yeah. we can we get tickets? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> sure. um, as I said, I was busy with college, so now I just finally yeah. breathe again. And so we'll. Um, I spoke with my little creative team, and we're gonna come up with a poster within two three weeks, hopefully. And then uh, I just met the. Um, uh, manager, uh, not managers, uh, the guy who normally does the sound at the small Cali theater with the sound engineer of the event. We went through some little details over there and I uh, spoke with the fashion designer just this week about some stuff. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, you, there will be tickets available and everything. But yeah, I'm, uh, again, like is uh, usually um, last year, each event of La Manzada was uh, donations open. And with the entire amount uh, allocated to the to the artists and to the association that I was supporting last year was Peak, and uh, they actually founded a project for a medical doctor to go uh, from Italy to um, to Chimbote for a screening of HIV, which is good. Wow. And Amazing. then uh, this year I'm supporting UNICEF, so I- I- again the entire amount of the tickets that will be sold will be, uh, again, just for the artists and for UNICEF. Um, La Manzada itself hasn't, doesn't, doesn't take money unless someone wants a T-shirt. <laughs> That's the only way. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, I- again, like, the tickets will not be, like, a profit for La Manzada. It will be, like, a uh, profit for UNICEF or the artists because I think the, the artists should be paid as well for what they do since they, they put in the time and effort and the support. So, um, and, and UNICEF definitely will need some money, like, I don't know, they, they definitely, like, between Turkey and the crisis with water and South Africa, they're actually doing an amazing work. So, mm. you know where the money are going. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. There's no, it's no personal income <laughs> there anyway. So you can be, I can assure that. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, it sounds incredible. Yeah. Um, if I include, well, I will include a link to La Mansarda's Instagram, so yep. they can eventually in a couple of weeks get mm. tickets there, mm. right? Maybe through that. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Like, um, an event bride or whatever it might yeah. be. Um, and yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm, me too. <laughs> I'll be there. Um, thank you. And thank you so much, DJ, for that. It has been a great and really enjoyable conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ta- now you can tap away on the table however you want. <laughs>